Damen und Herren of the Audi Board, as you know, we are to withdraw our groundbreaking TDI-powered racing cars from World Endurance Racing at the end of this year. But do not worry, the vast experience and knowledge we have gained will be applied directly to our debut in another motorsport series, as I can proudly confirm that Audi is well advanced with its entry into the exciting world of Formula D. Uh, Herr Doctor, it's Formula E. Oh dear, perhaps this explains why my A3 D-Tron has stopped working. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth, he's Zong. Hello. And he's Richard. Hello. And I was just asking myself a question here. What are we excited about in terms of cars, road cars at the moment? I'm going to try something out, Zog, with Richard here, right? Richard, are you excited by the new Land Rover Defender? Well, no, because I don't know anything about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that having read Autocar's cover story about it, which contains so little information, it actually sucked existing facts about the new Defender out of my head. (laughs) I was I was shocked by how I mean usually you get the feeling that Autocar have talked to people within the company and they've got a few little cheeky nuggets about a forthcoming Jag or Land Rover they seem fairly well connected there the new Defender they seem to know Jack Diddley bugger all and but so does everyone else they had to write the story they had to so write the story because I guess it sells magazines people are interested that copy of Autocar was lying around in the Grand Tour office where I'm working at the moment and my colleague Richard Hammond walked in and he went oh new Defender and then he looked closer and went oh is this just a rendering I went yeah and he went What's the story about? And I went, there's nothing. Don't worry, there's nothing. Because he's excited about it. So you can see that anyone's into Defenders is going to look at hmm. that magazine and go, Ooh, they want to know. pick that yeah. up. And then as it turns out, there is no information. You can take a reasonable punt that that car's not going to turn up until that factory in Slovakia is finished mm-hmm. because they've got to build it somewhere else. Solihull is popping at the seams, particularly because, did you see just recently, they announced that the Jag F pace is in such demand, they're having to move the XE, which is also built at Solihull, to Castle Bromwich, where mm-hmm. the XJ and XF are built, which apparently was always in the plan. Someone at Jag told me ages ago this was what they were going to do. If the F pace was as successful as they hoped, then the XE would have to get out of its way and go to join its brethren. The XF is the same platform, so they can be built. Mm. It's mm. been suggested that the Slovakia plant will start by building the F-Pace. Yeah. Because they're going to build a car that they already know how to build before attempting to build a car that they haven't built before, mm. the new Defender. Also... Yeah, good approach, yeah. Yeah, you know, will this affect the Kia's car manufacturing abilities in Slovakia? How many people are there in Slovakia who are good at making cars? You've got to get them from somewhere, and that's where Kia build well, half I mean, their cars. I would it? say, in fairness, that probably when other car makers fetched up there first no one in Slovakia knew how to make cars yeah it's part of the skill isn't it of being able to not only train people to make cars but actually your production engineers should be making it so it only goes together one way I mean that's what yeah. they said was good about yeah. the Japanese is that there was very little variance in how a car could go together which meant that the quality was always bob on and particularly with the degree of automation that you have in yeah. a modern plant. Actually, funnily enough, there's a book which I can recommend. And, yeah, you're going to owe me some money for this, Rich. There's uh, <laughs> a bloke. I don't know what his real name is because he writes under a sort of pseudonym, I think. I've never bothered to check. He's got this uh, book out called Confessions from Quality Control. And this guy in the 90s and early 2000s, I think, worked for a company that sold quality control inspection equipment to car manufacturers. Uh-huh. And this book 
is a collection of anecdotes of him going to all these different car makers around the world and the sort of bizarre experiences that he had there. It's well worth a read. He sent me an advance copy because he asked for a quote for the cover because he was desperate and Quentin <laughs> Wilson had said no. The anecdotes are all very short. I mean, it was too short because they're all really enjoyable and you could happily take more, but it is well worth a read. It's on Amazon. It's an e-book and stuff or a hard copy. I'm plugging someone else's book. Oh, I haven't well even done mentioned you. that my book's out in paperback. You got anyway, your book in it. Yes. Yeah. The reason I bring this up is because this chap told me this story about Skoda in the Czech Republic and they had these machines that measured how well-talked up bolts are and it's a little mm-hmm. parameter of quality control and a lot of companies were using equipment to measure this and in fact using automated machines that would apply the right amount of torque back in the old days Skoda were just doing it all by hand so of course the belief was that their tolerances and everything must be miles off because it's all being done basically with sort of a bit of you know, stick yeah. Yeah. and apparently stick when, but then the when you applied the modern Volkswagen group spec measuring equipment to it they were bob on every time hmm. better than the people doing golfs fascinating so, you, know, you can't beat some old fashioned yeah, handed down love. skill yeah. but if there isn't that in Slovakia I'm sure you know you can train people up well I'm yeah. reminded we did a how a long time ago on how which was how come when you drop your toast it always lands face down um, we did a calculation I'm go with confirmation bias Hmm. Yeah, yeah, there is a bit of that. (laughs) But bear with me on this. It was worked out. Bread is always about the same size, right? A loaf is always roughly the same size. A piece of toast is always roughly the same size, thickness and weight. And if you drop it from a kitchen worktop, work surface, it will fall the same height because they're always the same. And in that height, it will have enough time to turn one and a half times because the aerodynamics of the thing. And so it will more often land face down than face up. And I think the reason why your lads in the Czech Republic in the Skoda plant were putting those bolts in at the right tension was a standard human with a standard wrench is going to be able to put a standard amount of power in. So you're going to get consistent torque delivery from standard men. No, I'm sorry to disagree. I have to... Really? Yeah, no. I bet there's a good Skoda reason why their bolts were consistently torqued to the right torque. Because I think the variation that you're going to get with a bunch of average blokes applying torque to a mm. nut is yeah. going to be way bigger than If it that was variation. one bloke doing them all, yeah. I think you'd be right. But with lots of blokes, yeah, because they're different, okay. different strengths, exactly. different yeah. builds. Mm. One of them's had you're going to get, a classic, you're gonna get a classic bell curve. Yeah, yeah. Around, around, variation yeah, curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to ring up Skoda now, because it is Skoda, isn't it? Not Skoda. 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 And ask them, how broad was the range of variation in torque on those nuts? And then we can answer that question. Hmm. So, I was asking the question, what excites you? We've established that the new Land Rover doesn't really excite. I have no opinion on it, because I haven't... Yeah, I haven't it's all theoretical. It's all theoretical at the moment. I'm sure it'll be tremendous, but... But that photograph, oh, sorry, that rendering on autocar of the quote new defender quote unquote is that right the right way around something like that close enough yeah i couldn't work out from that picture how this car was any different to the dc 100 concept it looked like the same thing for me and mm. that, that and apparently the real thing doesn't i do know somebody who's seen it We've oh. seen what the new defender is going to look like mm. does it look like a well, high lux pickup apparently it looks like a defender 
Oh, really? In the same way, I think, the way this person was describing it, it looks like the Defender in the same way that perhaps, you know, the current Fiat 500 looks like the old Fiat 500. Okay. In as much yeah. as you look it's at it and you go, look. all right, yeah, I get yeah. what's going on here. It yeah. is a modernised, yeah. maybe slightly stylized, cartoonish almost version yeah. of something that's gone before, but you would look at it and you instantly go, that's a that's Defender. It, yeah. All the styling cues are there. Which is reassuring, I suppose. So, yes, maybe there's a frisson of excitement in the background. Did, but did it have massive panel gaps? <laughs> yeah, massive panel gaps. The body doesn't sit straight on the chassis like my car and... Uh, also, it's anything like my car, the brakes squeak as well, which I keep meaning to take it to the dealer and get That's a look That's character, at. come on. I know, I did. I mentioned this to somebody the other day who knows Defenders, and he just went, they all do that. <laughs> but I always think squeaking brakes is one of the most sort of casually annoying faults that a car can have. Yeah, yeah. It's just really irritating, and it's also quite selfish because it annoys other people. And it looks like you can't be bothered to fix it, so you're just going to annoy them because of your own fecklessness and idleness. Yeah, it's completely rubbish, you're right. It's a rubbish problem. The vehicle is not, but the problem yeah. is a completely rubbish, yeah, yeah, annoying yeah. problem. So it's fine. Get, no get look at yeah. that. So what excites you, Zog, about cars? We've established when we're, we're not excited about the Land Rover Defender yet because we don't know anything about it. What excites you in terms of cars coming soon? Oh, yeah, at the moment, it's not specific models, but I'm kind of interested in where a lot of the powertrain technology is going and where we're going to go with hybrids, where we're going to go with biofuels. There was this interesting thing you might have seen recently that Audi are talking about producing e-gas and e-diesel in order to fuel internal combustion engine cars that will then have the same carbon footprint as electric vehicles. Mm. Is this using waste and bacteria to turn it into a synthofuel of some kind? Is that what you're talking um, about? Yeah, they're making a kind of biofuel. I can't remember the details now, but basically they're synthesising fuels that from beginning to end, if you like, of the energy cycle, from the first energy input into producing the fuel to the wheel actually turning on the vehicle, will have the same low-carbon footprint as an electric vehicle, and this will be an important part of the transition period that we're going to go through towards ultimately probably all electric vehicles, but that will be quite a way away. We're going to have a greater variety of liquid fuels going into probably a greater variety of internal combustion engines. Mm. I was just thinking, why would Zog be interested in a fuel you know, why, of all the things in cars, would a fuel be the most interesting thing? Oh, it's interesting chemistry, it's interesting technology. Oh, yes, but more than that, Zog, it's a synthesizer, isn't it? Ah, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah synthesis, I like synthesis, that's true. And finally, in car news, sources say Land Rover has finalised the design of its long-awaited replacement for the legendary Defender. Spies say the new machine will stay true to the authentic style of its beloved predecessor, by which they mean it will have rusty aftermarket wheels, a camo jacket for the driver, and a One Life Live It sticker on the back. Step Petrol! we got a Jones on speed! The second part of Gareth Jones on Speed today is recorded on location outside my front door. We're in the dark in North London looking at the car that Richard has just brought round for us to have a look at. It is a Volvo S90. It's a saloon. So they've taken the big XC90 and squashed it down. Same platform, is it, Richard, I think? Yeah, it's the... What do they call it? Volvo SPA, Scalable 
for architecture. architecture. I can't yeah. remember what P stands for. And yeah. uh, products, maybe? And yeah. yeah, so we saw the XC90 first on this, and then they announced these, the V and the S90 twins, and it's just locked itself again. This is something I'll show you. I think first impressions count. Now, the key is this you know, quite sleek flat lozenge, and on the main surfaces it just has a Volvo badge, because the buttons are down the side, which is small and fiddly and annoying. Oh, really? And now what this car has is keyless start, but it, this is, oh, it drives me nuts. A lot of modern cars have this now. It has keyless start, but it doesn't have keyless entry, so you have to get the key out of your pocket, find your fiddly button, what? makes that really clunky noise. Mm-hmm. And then you have to put the key back in your pocket, or because if you don't, then it's rattling around. There's nowhere to put it inside. You just have to leave it in the cup holder. And it's sort of like, just make mm. it all keyless or not keyless at all. I mean, mm. These have are minor gripes, because then you open the door, and actually, from then on in, it all feels of really, really high quality. Let's just have a look at it on the outside first. I want to get inside in a moment. But the thing that Volvo make a great fuss about is what they call Mjolnir, which is the name of Thor's hammer, which is this graphic approach they have to the shape of the headline. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now that you say hammer, I can see that hammer thing going on there. You can yeah. see James Hunt, or Jim Kirk's dad, taking hold of that and swinging it and stopping the Hulk. Can you? Nice! Something to talk about, isn't it? Something to talk it's, about! Yeah, it's a stylized, like, elegant version of the hammer, rather than you know, the, sort of the more squared-off Heavy version, yeah, yeah. But smart. see, it's also the indicator. There, it becomes the light. It becomes mm. the daylight running light, daytime running light. But then, I lock and unlock. Oh. And you see that's also the indicator. Yeah. Oh, quite, I didn't see. Really, I, I, we should explain that the entire light flashed yellow. Then, where it was yeah, white yeah. before, I've never seen that before on a car. And I quite like the fact that the grille is a little bit concave as well. The front mm-hmm. grille. It's still unusual. You don't see that on modern cars so much because. Um, Zog, where have we seen that grille before? That concave. Grill, uh, think. Come on, you owned one. Actually, I, I don't think there's a P1800. No, did not P1800 not have that slightly concave grill thing? I don't think so, no. No? no. You had one, didn't you? I you had, owned yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd the, know. Yeah, they, that doesn't particularly remind me. Now, the rest of the car, again, sturdy, strong, there's some edges to it, and quite long. How long is it? It's longer than an E-Class, isn't it? It must be. I'm glad you asked me that, because I don't know. I, I think it is. Up. I it think it's a long it. car. It does look it. It's a long car. Look, it's got a lot of room in the back. All right. Good if, you're, solid if you're interested in... I can, can we, we can't all get in because you've got your baby seat in there, but I could get in the back and you could get in the front. Come on, let's talk about the inside of the car. Theatre lighting, as you get in the car, there's these little outlines of rhombuses, I suppose they are, parked in the door sill. I'm in the back, Richard is in the drive seat, and the driving seat, the drive seat, I've invented a new phrase, and my first impressions of the car as I get in is a very substantial screen in between the driver and the front passenger. The thing you get with this new Volvo box of bits because this was in the XC90 and I drove an XC90 when they came out and I thought this screen was very impressive to start with but it was a bit sluggish and it didn't always work as it should have done. This they've got a bit more practice in and I think it's absolutely great now because you swipe side to side so you start your home screen you've got a home button here like on a phone and you've got your options radio phone and then sort of trip computer great big icons very easy to Huge. understand and everything just yeah. works and the map 
is pinch to zoom, like pinch on a phone. Yeah, yeah. So it all feels very sort of well, it feels like an iPad basically. So it, it's, it's delivering all the things that we're promised from a lot of car manufacturers these days. You know, that yeah. sort of simplicity of phone interactivity. Here's something else with the phone thing. You know that key that you produced earlier on, Richard? Yes. Look at the shape of it. It's about similar dimensions to an iPhone. Most keys are about what? the size of a matchbox. No, in terms of <laughs> right. in, no, not oh, scale, proportions. proportions. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it, well, they're trying to do something flat and low and slim. Flat. And, That's true. I yeah. think because a key now is just a chip, isn't it? And, it's, yep. and, and they need some room for some buttons. If, and these buttons are tiny. It doesn't have to be huge. One day it'll just be implanted into your hand or something. Or well, it'll be biometric. You know. Can I just draw your attention to something else here, which is quite nice? It's the way that you start the engine most cars now if they're keyless start it's a button somewhere this it's a knob and you twist it clockwise to start and you twist it the other way and there the engine goes off wow it's that's neat, novel it's nice. there's no reason to do that but then there's no reason not to do that and it's actually rather nice and it's metal as well so it feels quite well the way it feels, it feels in the hand is important it does, exactly it's everything it's there's a lot nice in this car Zog, if you see your interior door handle there to open the door just feel like you know again metal it's really solid it's oh, really yes. That's See, nice these hand. things count because they make it feel like... <laughs> I wish you'd seen Zog's eyebrows. Oh, yeah. That was lovely. So the tactic, the tactile side... It is. Now you can't I'm leave it alone. I'm Look I'm at you. Actually, I'm, I'm, I'm really quite... Yeah, yeah right, well, stop I'm it now. Well, listen, from the point no, of view of no, someone in the back... To this. Sorry, Gareth. I'm just going to yeah, show Zog this on. as well. Again, it's the radio volume knob and just look it's, it's again it's metal it's got a lovely action try mm, that because nice. it's yeah. all on the touch screen here pretty much the button count is really pared Good. back so yeah. all you've got on this sort of center below the main screen is here front and rear defrosters which i think legally you have to have easy access to your hazards and then just a skip forward skip back button either side of this lovely mm. metal knob which has a big pause button in the middle again sort of feels more like a hi-fi than a mm, yeah or, or some kind of ipad or iPod well, accessory. They've done well, haven't they, Volvo, to identify Scandinavianism, or if you like, Swedishism, that sort of Bang and Olufsen, that IKEA minimalism, where they've taken something that we do associate with that nation and plastered it on this car. They've applied it to this car. Go for a little. Yeah, I'm going to have to put my seatbelt on. Hold on. Uh, oh, nice. See already. I left. Do you know something this car does, which I think I wish more cars did? Yeah. It remembers when you get out whether you left the heated seat on and it keeps it in that setting Ooh. no Very nice because I'd imagine in, in the middle of a Swedish winter you don't want it to be continually turning your seats off when Absolutely. you stop and get out it's also got a heated steering wheel and this is the first car I can remember driving that doesn't just have a heated steering wheel it has degrees of heat from the Ooh. steering wheel uh-huh. I came over here with it on two out of three and it stayed on and now well, you know, to start the engine my wheel is lovely and warm and the engine this is what a two <laughs> litre four because right. Volvo's future is now all four cylinders so yeah. a bit like Jack they've gone and bet everything on a new family of four cylinder engines same capacity related in many ways yep. petrol and diesel so Jack has his what they call perineum range and Volvo has <laughs> has this two, two litre and then I think they're I doing a 1.5 not that, you know, I always get confused <laughs> that um, was an ingenious reinterpretation of what it's actually called so yeah it's a bit probably hear that it's a little bit noisy on startup but when it's warm it's all right actually. Mm-hmm. it's got quite a light sensitive throttle which makes it feel faster than it is because it's i think it's 170 horsepower it's all right 
it's not a super fast car, but yeah. it feels brisk enough, and uh, it's a big old thing, so you're not hairing about the place anyway. I'm enjoying the ambiance of the cabin. This one is decked out in a very light beige. Is that beige or is that cream? It's somewhere between cream and beige, the leather. Something else I think is very lovely and very Volvery. The leather is very soft. I was about to point that out. If you've given it a squeeze, give it a yeah. squeeze. It's softly padded. It's firm leather, but it's softly padded. Like when you're in a Mercedes, you sit on a Mercedes, don't you? They're quite sort of hard and unforgiving generally. BMW, they've got hard leather seats, but you're cosseted in because they go for the sport grippy thing. This is definitely going to appeal to a nice luxo American, a nice, you know, middle class American who lives in suburbia. Look at the steering wheel wheel see that steering wheel in that color of somewhere between beige and cream and the way that the switch gear sits on it i think that looks like an american nissan steering wheel you know is it the quantum or was that an infinity in america do you know what i mean but again sort of lovely use of gloss black on the, yep. the wheel the switches like just everything about it the design is good and then the execution the actual quality of materials is good it feels like an expensive and very thoughtfully designed car mm -hmm. and it feels nice the only mm. thing is you may have noticed we're just coming over some bumps there the ride is not as good as it should be which say that about a lot of modern cars but you just feel in this car it's not a sports car you'll notice it's an auto you can only have this as an auto no matter what engine you have because there's a more powerful diesel and so the auto box you can knock the lever over and there's an up and downy thing to do manual changes but there's no paddles on the wheel mm. it's not that sort of car uh -huh. and well done to Volvo for going it's not that sort of car we're not going to give you paddles because let's be honest you're never going to use them yeah. so what's the point and it just sort of sets a tone of it's not a sporty car it's not trying to be a sporty car which is why I'd like the ride to be a little bit softer and then you could just go it's a comfy mm. nice civilised car and that's fine some cars can be like that because yeah. not everything should be hairing about like your trousers are on fire yeah it shouldn't try to be everything it should know what it is mm. and it should do that as well as it can I think they've come out fighting I think they've got a car which is capable of taking on Mercedes BMW and certainly Audi and it offers something different there's a sort of a minimalism to this whereas the Teutonic brands are a bit more over-engineered and people like things to be simple don't they it's a simple car it gives the impression of being one yeah well i'll leave you with a thought which someone said to me yesterday oh you've got that s90 is it better than a bmw 5 series and i said it's not better but it's nicer and sometimes nicer is nice yeah i think this is a really nice car I like it because it's not trying too hard to be sporty. It's very comfortable and it just gives you a sort of warm feeling of well-being. Which is very Swedish, isn't it? That's kind of that's kind of what you want from a Volvo. How's the Volvo? It's very nice. It's nice. <laughs> Inspector Hulström! That was the office on the phone. There have been another five murders. Oh my God, 12 murders in one day? And there is a madman running crazy in a shopping centre with a knife. Christ, can these day get any worse? Oh, and they said to tell you that your wife has left you. Oh no, not now. And your dog has died. 
Oh, God damn it! What is happening? What can I do, Inspector Hulstrom? Nothing, Officer Knudsenson. But the murders and the crazed killer and... Okay, okay. Calm down. Let's go sit in my Volvo. There. You see? Yes. It's not so bad. No. Everything is just fine. Would you like me to turn on the sauna? And you're back in the room. I think that was Little Britain, wasn't it? Little, we yeah, that from you. Yeah. So we're back having driven around in the new Chinese Scandinavian car. How much China's in that car, Richard? Uh, I guess none. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know whether they source some bits from over there now, but mm. I know from talking to people at other car companies that they do have some problems with having to keep on top of quality and things like that because it's all quite new out there in mm. China, isn't it? They don't have the sort of years of car part making that you have in some other countries. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then again, they make lots of computers and phones and things in China with no problem at all. Yeah, it's a so matter of world it's leaders. It's, it's a question of practice, really. Yeah. And, and they've got a very good manned space programme, but that's another conversation. But I know that some of the architecture in that car is going to be used in another Chinese brand, isn't it? Geely, or Geely, jury's still out. Sue Baker says Geely, I say Geely, who own Volvo, have also come up with this new brand that they're going to sell cars worldwide eventually under the name of Link and Co. L-Y-N-K, Link and Co. Yeah, it's a bit of a weird name. That yes. car they've announced, though, is not on the same box of parts as that Volvo outside. Is it not? That's the big box of parts. There's a new small one, which is going to be the V40 and various other Volvos, and that's what the Lincoln Co. What's it called? O1? I something? think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. built on because it's a bit smaller. It's, it's, of course. You know, that's all the big stuff that goes onto the SPA, whatever it's called. But I, first of all, don't understand Lincoln Co. I mean, yeah. that's if you were opening, I think, well, a it, shop in Hampstead that sold crusty bread. Lincoln Co. Well, or it, actually, it, it sounds, sounds like a, a fashion like, brand. Yes. It, it, it sounds like an attempt to sort of mimic a traditional British fashion brand. Or uh, yeah, it sounds or, like a Dutch sausage manufacturer to me. Link and Co. We also make Link sausage. And also, uh, he's got oh, the Scandinavian uh, accent. He's what colours Dutch? your hallway? Oh, it's Badger's anus. Yes, I <laughs> got it from uh, Lincoln Co. in Highgate. <laughs> It is. It's it's a bespoke hit manufacturer. It's Um, it's a sort of faux oldie worldy name, isn't it? And it just doesn't wash when you go. Well, you're a brand new Chinese car company from the people who own Volvo. It's just like it's completely inauthentic. But the question is, who is it aimed at? Okay, it's not working for us. Mm. It's not ticking our boxes. But maybe for the target markets that it is aimed at that name does have the right kind of resonance. I don't know. Maybe they have just pulled the name out of a hat. Maybe it mm. was something that just sounded good after a couple of drinks. But well, may, but, well they might as well have maybe called it Lincoln they, Sons well, of London. It just feels so They're fun, alluding to it? something. Yeah, but, but maybe... But you know, maybe no, you're right, absolutely. Maybe, maybe I think it sounds, it sounds maybe. good to people in other countries who aren't aware of crusty bread shops in Hampstead. There you go. The Chinese space programme, they don't do that. They haven't invented bonkers names, bonkers English names, if you like, for their vehicles. They're it's Long March 1, Long March 2, yeah. Long March 3, yeah. Long March 4. I mean, that's Chinese heritage, the Long March, which Mao said mm. they all went on, and now it's their rockets that Long March into space, and they're 
man capsule, their man launcher is called Shenzhou, it's actually pronounced, mm. not Shenzhou, but Shenzhou, which uh, I don't know what that means. No, I do know, it means heavenly vessel. And then mm. there's Changyong, which is the space Chang-gong. station. Changyong is the space station. Yeah. Which means, no, no, blessed vessel and heavenly place. That's what it oh, means. Okay. So, you know, I see it's taken me a while to learn those. This is why we haven't got Chinese cars called things like Heavenly Strider or Ching Fao. <laughs> you know, we should just give them character names, Chinese character names, and learn them. It's never going to happen, is it? Which is why you end up with something clumsy and awkward like Lincoln Co. Well, on that note as well, the actual car is quite interesting. But if you look at it particularly in profile... It looks like three or four different cars photoshopped together. <laughs> and in particular, there's a very odd little step between the base of the A-pillar and the, sort of the top of the window line. Mm-hmm. And it honestly, in profile, does look like they've taken the front off a Kia Sportage and very badly photoshopped <laughs> it onto the body of a sort of unspecified Audi or some kind of Chinese market Citroen. Mm-hmm. It's very odd. And there's some bits of it are quite nice. And I like the sort of scallop up the side and things. But uh-huh. overall, it's a little bit of a... It's a bit familiar. Yeah, my feeling when I looked at it was that it just had quite a generic look for that sort Mm. of class of car, you know, sort of mid-sized SUV. But then again, it's a kind of vehicle that I'm not terribly interested in. So, Mm. you know, they do kind of all look alike to me anyway. Well, you know, if you were to take the badges off an F-Pace and take the badges off, I don't know, the McCann. The McCann's not a good example. But there is a form. Those cars all follow a certain form. And it's very hard to make them distinctive you have to rely on character traits like jaguar do their heritage grill that new frameless Mm. grill as they call it now or in the case of porsche that horizontal low scoopy front end that you get from porsches from the 956 the 911 you know that's on the mccann these are design clues which reinforce a brand so when you've got a brand like lincoln co it simply doesn't have anything at all to call its own that it can call on Everything about it will appear familiar, and it's going to take a long time for them to kind of establish, establish their own language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure those poor that's people. Anyway. Well, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the big noise is on the inside because it's all supposed to be it's supposed to be like the most connected car ever. Or well, they're supposed to be the most connected car brand ever or something. I don't know. I remember reading this in the bump. But but it has that touchscreen I was just showing you in that S90 outside. It's got the portrait aspect screen, which everyone's got now. You know, Tesla sort of started it, but yeah. then Volvo got in on the act. And it's in various Renaults that we don't get because it's in that Talisman uh-huh. and in the newest Spass. Uh-huh. And it looks very nice in there. And everyone's going to have that. But there's a, some kind of, of doing it. quite big touchscreen seemingly in the Lincoln Co florist's car and it's got various things including a big share button so you can share i think share where you are which i don't know i mean i'm 41 i have I no know. idea yeah, why no, you i don't want, want that, i don't want to, that. I don't want to if know where i am if you're 23 you'll think that's brilliant <laughs> if you're 23 you obviously can't afford a sort of medium-sized suv but that's by the by maybe you'll dream of it <laughs> unless unless maybe you'll persuade your parents to get one when you're eight a rich chinese youngster you know, yeah, maybe it's, yeah you know maybe that's the market I'd be very, very concerned about a Chinese car being connected is it to the Chinese government. They'll never allow that in America, will they? The American space programme are not allowed to do partnerships with the Chinese. They're simply not, because the crossover of, no, of very, technologies, very, very they don't allow it. Mm. They're never going to sell that car connected, a Chinese car, in America, are they? It's just not going to happen. They won't allow it. 
with that terrifying thought yeah you've been listening to Zog goodbye to Richard goodbye and to me Gareth this was Gareth Jones on Speed we're going to leave you with another tune from 10 years on Speed see ya this is a song about Scotland Wales and rallying and because it's a Scottish song it's in the style of the Proclaimers or in this case the Reclaimers we want the rally back. Got already on the bobble hat. We want the rally back. We do. We do. We do. We want the rally back. I already own the bobble hat. We want the rally back. We do. We do. We do. We do. We do. What a time when forest rang with a happy sound But today you'll hear a twinkling on the ground It's time again for cats to jump in their attack It's our afraid because we want the rally back We want the rally back I already own a bobble hat We want the rally back We do, we do, we do We want the rally back Already on a bobble hat. We want the rally back. We do, we do, we do, we do, we do. Come on, Wales, our cousins in the life is on. It's a turn you've had the rally for too long. We're just like you, we're full of passion, filled with pride. We're just like you, we keep on welcoming the hillside. We want the rally back. song lyrics, join our Facebook fan site, follow us on Twitter, or to find out about sponsorship opportunities, go to garethjones.tv. Gareth Jones on Speed is made in London by Whizbang. Gareth!
Rachel, don't speak! <laughs>